Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 125 of Dope Nostalgia, and I'm your host, Naomi. On this episode, let's welcome our new friends, Danielle and Jackie, from the podcast No More Late Fees. They are fantastic ladies who got together with me to talk about one of our favorite boy bands, or even called a parody boy band, possibly, back in the very early 2000s. They are called Together. Now, this is going to be a two-part episode because after I had got together with these ladies and did this episode, I got a response back from one of the members of the group together, Evan Farmer. He responded. He wants to come on the show. And I am like, yes, absolutely. And he was just an amazing interview. That'll be on our next episode. Let's go over the history of Together. Wikipedia Moments. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Together was an American fictional boy band whose composition, songs, and formation story are a satirical approach to boy bands such as New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, and Backstreet Boys. They were part of a self-titled MTV TV movie and spin-off television series. The band, TV movie, and TV series were created by writers Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, who also wrote many of their songs. Each member was drafted into the band to fill a particular niche or market to a particular group. The members being Jerry O'Keefe, who was the heartthrob, played by Evan Farmer, Chad Linus, the shy one, played by Noah Bastian, Jason QT McKnight, the cute one, played by Michael Cuccioni, Doug Linus, the older brother, played by Kevin Farley, and Mickey Park, the bad boy, played by Alex Solowitz. In the movie, the band had a breakout single called You Plus Me Equals Us, Calculus, which they followed up with Say It, Don't Spray It, and a soundtrack was released in real life, which also included songs from other fictional bands, including Woe and Unity. The actors who played the characters did the vocals for their performances. They opened several shows for Britney Spears' 2000 summer tour, always appearing in character. Their sophomore record, though its music was used throughout the TV series, was full-length and solely performed by Together. Like the soundtrack, the music was comedic, but also satirical of pop song conventions. The single, The Hardest Part of Breaking Up is Getting Back Your Stuff, was released before the album and charted at 87 on the Billboard Hot 100 and spent several days on MTV's Total Request Live. Awesome Lover was also released, but failed to chart. The band debuted in the movie of the same name on MTV, directed by music video director Nigel Dick. It was actually the first full-length movie produced exclusively for MTV and was broadcast without interruption on February 21, 2000. Together's rival in the movie was a popular boy band, Woe, based on both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Bob Buss was the manager for Woe until he was ousted by the band in favor for assistant manager Noel Davies, who supported the member's decision to have a tattoo on his chest. In retribution, Buzz went to recruit talented men to rival Woe and found them in Jerry, Mickey, the Linus Brothers, and Billary Thrombosis sufferer QT McKnight. He christens them as together at Doug's suggestion, and he begins training them for a potential show in Jacksonville. The rest, you can check out on their Wikipedia. Now, following the success of the movie's broadcast, 
MTV used the same characters as part of the regular series together, the series. It ended near the end of its second season, and around that time, we lost one of the members, Michael Cuccioni. The last episode produced for the series, Fat, was never shown in the U.S., though it was in Canada and Britain. Well, let me talk with the girls right now. Welcome, Jackie and Danielle, from No More Late Fees Podcast. Well, welcome, Jackie, to Dope Nostalgia. I came across your guys' podcast, No More Late Fees, and thought, wow, we're kind of in the same wheelhouse here. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. I'm very excited. And I think we were able to find a blend of your podcast and our podcast to talk about today. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, we're kind of incorporating the world of movie slash television and the world of music in one shot. So it's really nice. Exactly. (laughs) Before we go there, I would like to ask, tell our, our listeners about your podcast, how you started it, what it's about, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. So, um, like you said, uh, we started a podcast, it's called no more late fees. And we talk about movies from 1995 to 2005 and it's myself and my co-host Danielle. We've been friends for almost 25 years. We met in high school and we worked at Blockbuster together. And so we kind of really bonded over movies. And so during COVID, when everyone was looking for things to do, this was our little COVID baby was no more late. <laughs> First of all, what a great idea. Like that's some of the best creativity that you can do. Like is when you had to find something to do during the pandemic. So I applaud you guys for doing something so awesome. But thank and you. Just, and just like the blockbuster thing kills me. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I think there's only one left in the world. There is. It's in Bend, Oregon, and um, it is on our uh, podcast bucket list to get up there and go and tour. There is a documentary on Netflix and um, I got a little wine drunk one night and watched it. And I was just like in tears reminiscing along with them. And I was like, yeah, it was really nice. (laughs) Isn't there also like a Airbnb type of blockbuster or something like that? I think they did it in that blockbuster for a period of time. At Mm -hmm. night you could rent it out. So that was pretty neat too, but I'm sure someone somewhere has like a house that's just themed like Blockbuster, which would be super fun to go and like be able to pick a movie off the shelf and watch it again. (laughs) The best, the best feeling is when you would like see that not all the cases, like there would still be some, the actual movie behind one of the cases and you'd be like, yes, (laughs) it's here on a Saturday night. (laughs) Even though they had like, a hundred copies of it. Exactly. Yeah. If we had, I always call them the lurkers and it was like those people that came in on Friday or Saturday night. And they're like, do you have this like brand new release? And it's like, no, sorry. They're all due back Sunday morning or whatever. And they're like, well, I'm just going to stand here for a while and see if maybe some things return. And like everything that fell into the Dropbox are like, can you check that? I'm like, do you not see this line to the back wall of people like wow <laughs> like I'll check for you in a sec give me a <laughs> give me a minute <laughs> you, I haven't forgotten about you trust me no never <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. I didn't know that was a thing, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> we had, yeah, we had regulars. We had the lurkers. Yeah, we had them all. Doesn't movie release day, was it Tuesdays like music was? It was. It was Tuesdays. And um, one of the perks for working at Blockbuster was we got five uh, free rentals a week and we were allowed to watch or rent the movies before they were uh, before they came out on Tuesday. So we always got them in a, like a week in advance. And so we could rent them and watch them before we start renting to the public. Oh, you, the, the perks are amazing. Yeah, it was. I've watched so many weird random movies just because like, oh, I have three rentals left this week. What am I going to grab? Oh, I've seen everything on the wall. What else can I find to watch? So we have some pretty niche movies in our repertoire. And especially in that time frame, the 95 to 2005, because it was all, it, it was kind of, the emergence of indie films. And um, so we, we have a lot that were not mainstream movies that we consider like our movies because we like found it. There was like one copy of it on the shelf and we watched <laughs> it and we're like, this is so weird and wonderful. We love it. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, well, yeah. it looks like Danielle's here to join us. Your co-host, Danielle. <laughs> Hello. Almost... Hello, Danielle. I'm Naomi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm glad I, you made it. I am so sorry. Oh, don't worry. Don't the streets, worry. the streets were wild today. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, okay. This is a are you using a Zoom background right now? Because this I looks am. awesome. We've <laughs> <laughs> got like this perfect 90s bedroom behind her. Actually, Naomi, I just have lived in my mom's bed house for this long. <laughs> <laughs> There's my inflatable chair and my Spice Girls poster. She's I just got- said, leave exactly how I left it. Yes. <laughs> this is so cool. And she's got that game Girl Talk. Oh, man, we had that. We totally had that. It's so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I was just thought we just started talking about your podcast. So Jackie explained to me how it got started and everything. Is it available on all major podcast streaming places, basically? Yeah, you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher. I mean, pretty much we I think we're everywhere as much as possible. <laughs> Great. Good. Well, you're going to segue now into what we're going to talk about today, which is um, the group the boy band together which a lot of people especially in Canada don't know about together now we didn't have MTV really at the time but we we got MTV Canada later but it was just much music was our station and eventually they started showing together at one point but everything we got was syndicated off of MTV to us um being a boy band, and I'm a huge boy band fan. Do you ladies, do you ladies have favorite boy bands yourself? I see that new kids bedspread, and I got excited. <laughs> well, it is Lance Bass's birthday today. Yes, as we record, yeah. and Jackie was a huge Lance Bass fan. Um, yes, we I was. and we both were huge in sync fans when I was mm-hmm. little. Big New Kids on the Block loved New Edition, The Boys, mm-hmm. Boys to Men. Backstreet Boys, all of it. Not as Backstreet Boys are kind of like a default because it was just the time, the error. But mm-hmm. 
I also like that band Five from uh, England. England. Yeah. They were bad boys, you know? <laughs> bad boys, Five on the Funk at the um, bowling alley. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, favorite, my favorite band of all time is Hanson. So oh. I definitely have a boy band. <laughs> Don't be... My- don't My be like that, Kendra. Uh-huh. She's on the show sometimes, and Hanson's her favorite boy <gasps> band. And we were going to get together and record a Hanson episode this weekend, but it didn't turn out. So we might have to get you in on that one. Uh, can we talk about Hanson then in this episode? Then? Because <laughs> Jackie we was so to- disappointed that, <laughs> that Hanson I- was already taken. Yes. <laughs> That's why it was taken because it's going to be Kendra's baby. She'd be happy to have you guys there. I am happy to hop on for a Hanson conversation. I don't want to sully that. So I'll let Jackie handle that on her own. I've already got my tickets for the red, blue, green tour. Like I'm good. (laughs) So Hanson's the group for you. Hanson's the group for me. Well, I think I'm a little older than you ladies. I'm 43. So it was all new kids for me in the beginning. And I do love Backstreet and Instinct as well. Yes. But but I was already 20 by the time these guys came out, right? Well, you're only three years older than us. Yeah. yeah. It feels like we're, more. We just we we're we're turning Jackie just turned 40 and I'm about to turn 40 next month. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so, so we're we're right the in the same. Too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I was telling Jackie, I'm going to be in Sacramento and San Jose at the end of the month to go to the mixtape tour to see new kids, Salt and Peppa and Vogue and Rick Astley. We're really excited. I'm going to meet up with my friends down there and we're doing the meet and greet and everything. So it's gonna be awesome. That's so cool. Jackie was looking at tickets like she she wasn't a huge NK. I know I know all the songs like, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, we were looking at tickets in Orlando when they're they're there in July to see if we can swing a a concert while in Live Nation is selling a lot of tickets for cheap right now, like 25 buck tickets. So cool. Oh, yeah, because that's about right. Because it's going to be a good night. And then then my favorite's Jordan. I'm a Jordan girl. Same. All the way. My favorite was Joey. Mm. I have somewhere the, the Barbie, I mean, or not Barbie, action figure, whatever doll. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's naked a- along with the rest of my Barbies at my mom's house because that's how all dolls end up. <laughs> the clothes are gone. Gone. <laughs> now, together, um, a lot, like I said, in Canada, it, it didn't catch on as much, but I found myself really into watching the show. Now, I understand that it started as a movie. Yes. yes. Can you tell me a bit about it? Uh, so they, at the time, MTV started not only producing a bunch of teen movies that went to the theater, but they started to make movies like musical kind of movies on, on their channel because they made this, they made that um, Carmen movie with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. So like it started to almost feel like a, older set like if you're transitioning from the the decom to disney channel movies you could go over to mtv and watch theirs honestly it was kind of like satire where they're making fun of the whole 
fact that these boy bands were just manufactured and they just made it so over the top like they had a position for every boy bander like one that looked way too old yes you know the older the, brother the older brother type <laughs> then played you by, had played by kevin farley who was chris farley's brother yes I didn't know that <laughs> yes <laughs> oh they look so much alike they really do <laughs> then you had like the young one kind of like the joey mcintyre you know how justin was the youngest one aaron carter like they, there's prototypes qt so yes. yeah the, so Jerry O'Keefe was the heartthrob. He was the Jordan. He was the Evan, Evan Farmer played him. I just saw a recent <laughs> picture of him and he's like sitting on a motorbike and he's got like salt and peppery gray hair now. And he Ooh. still looks hot. <laughs> I do love that QT's last name is McKnight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they weren't, they weren't going far. No, I just got that reference now. <laughs> McIntyre night. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. Um, then there was the shy one. Yes, um, Chad. The bad Chad. boy. Played by Noah Bastion. Yes. Um, oh, I, sorry, that was Chad. Um, <laughs> bad boy, Mickey. 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 Played by Alex Solowitz, I That's think. Right. And, and he was the one I remembered most. I think because I really lean into like the rap solos <laughs> in like boy band songs. Yes. Like, like I love LFO because they have like rap solos in every single one of their songs. So I really <laughs> lean into that. And like, as soon as like the, the hardest part of breaking up, like the only <laughs> thing that like plays on repeat in my head is the rap solo that Mickey does. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it wasn't complete without their, the role of the manager as mm -hmm. well, which actually was now that you think about it, it's so creepy because you know it's based off of um Lou Perlman Lou Perlman mm -hmm. um so yeah and he was Bob Buss, Buss. <laughs> and played by Alan Blumenfield or Feld Blumenfeld mm -hmm. um and so yeah <laughs> I don't know I look at this movie it's so satire I look at it like almost kind of what a very low budget Josie and the Pussycats without the messaging about consumerism. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but the songs yes. were unhinged, but also very catchy. I think so. Like this movie was meant to be satire and I think a one-off, I don't think they had intended and I could be wrong, but I don't think they intended to make a TV show and to have them touring and they ended up being a real band. So we did a yeah. TikTok recently where we named our top five fictional boy bands from the 90s and 2000s movies. And we put together as one of them and people were dragging us in the comments about together was a real band. Hold <laughs> up. They started as a fictional band in an MTV movie. Yeah. I know my history. Like mm -hmm. my calculus. <laughs> I mean, they did tour with Britney for a few legs of her 2000 tour. Uh, but I, I agree that I think 
MTV thought that they were just making this silly little made for TV movie and then it just got legs, but they were all great singers. Like they sounded really good. It wasn't like they were like, I'm glad they made the choice not to satire even their sound where it's like they sounded awful and like you're just supposed to believe that they're they sound good. Yeah, they sounded good. They could perform. So that was really interesting. Also, it was written by Brian and Mark Gunn, brothers of James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So the oh, really is, so yes. one of them is the guy from Gilmore Girls. I don't. And there's four brothers total. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting, and that tracks a hundred percent with their brand of comedy. But yeah. I think what ended up happening was the ratings for the TV movie did so well, and the again the the songs were very catchy. They were like, okay, let's make a TV show. Mm-hmm. Let's put out albums. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder what drove them to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because these I, actors signed up for this one-time thing. It was the ratings, must, 100%. They must have been having a lot of fun doing it, too, to keep going with it. Well, like, and it, it... So, according to my research, <laughs> uh, it, it premiered on February 21st, 2000. And between February and March of 2000, it was, it charted on TRL for 11 days. I don't think it was consecutive days. And uh, the highest it got was number seven. So like MTV was probably smart, shot music videos for them. And then was just like, oh, let's debut the new music video on TRL. I could just imagine them doing something like that. And then like, that's how it gets legs. So that was you and me equals us. And then the hardest part of breaking up charted for uh, 26 days and peak position was number five. So from each album and it was a Billboard Hot 100 and charted at 87. Just the fact that it made the chart is quite cool. Yeah. Really cool. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I loved is that they had a rival in the movie and it was like another popular bo- boy band called Whoa. <laughs> and <laughs> and I've forgotten whoa, about Whoa. <laughs> and Whoa was based on both like the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC mm-hmm. and like Bob their manager was also the manager of Woe until mm-hmm. he got kicked out of mm. their, like they had a assistant manager and he like took over. So that's one of the reasons he goes and helps to create together. Um, so I love how they were kind of, they pulled so much from the boy so bands and what was happening in mm-hmm. real life. So well, very much so. And the reason why he gets kicked out as the manager of woe is because one of the boys gets a tattoo and he's like, absolutely not no tattoos. And the assistant manager is like, no, it's fine. Which like all of the boy bands had at least one person with tattoos. Yeah. Was it Mickey? No, it was, well, cause it was, it was someone from Woe. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Whoa. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
And their song, there are a couple of songs because I did listen to the Amazon playlist. Um, Woe's song that they play at the very beginning called Rub One Out. It was just like, <laughs> we really just put everything on front street. There's no like <laughs> innuendo or anything. Mm-hmm. And then there was a song like, I, I just had the music on in the background to refamiliarize myself. Together on their second album, Together Again, have a song called Sister. And the lyrics are very concerning. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Is it about like someone else's sister? It says, okay, so I wrote down my favorite few lines. Uh, she was your sister. What could I do? I couldn't resist her. Your little sister. Who would have thought she was that young? Unlike your kisses, good with her tongue. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that because of the band name. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I listening to right now? I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> we'll just pretend that it was consensual age yeah all right we'll just yeah. go with that yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah yeah wow <laughs> yeah so they, they weren't screwing around that's for sure these guys yeah. were really straight up front with these lyrics i mean i think my favorite one is definitely the hardest part of breaking up is getting back your stuff Such it's a the facts fantastic song title whenever i've told anybody about that title they would just die laughing it's oh. <laughs> uh, it's so good yeah like i don't know who legit, was writing these songs right legit good songs like i want more together albums maybe a little less like sister but a little more (laughs) hardest part of breaking up exactly (laughs) we should look we really should look up and see who wrote the songs the the gun brothers wrote the majority of the songs oh wow I i think the the boys the men the boys two men um they wrote some or like co-wrote some of the songs, but for the most part, the Gun Brothers wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. 
we have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Throw on your Jinkos, Baby Tees, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer. So when we transition to getting the television show, um, at the end of the movie, we see the decline of woe, right? So mm-hmm. now we're getting the TV show. So they need rivals, right? So their new rivals are a band. Oh, what's the name of their band? Forever. Oh, that's it, right. Is it? Yeah, because so. it's a number four. Forever. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's forever. <laughs> Um, yes yeah, so forever comes and becomes their their new rivals on the tv show and what's funny is that the show ends at, at the kind of like we don't get the full second season but canada did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we didn't but canada did they got Isn't that strange after what i'd said earlier is right <laughs> there was a last episode that we didn't get to see um and it's really hard like I, you, you couldn't find it streaming anywhere, the TV show or the movies. And we have Paramount and it's not on there yet. I'm not sure why, um, but looked at, we watched it on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So you <laughs> did find it. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie is on YouTube. So you yeah. can definitely watch the movie. I mean, not the best quality, but no. you take what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, and I think one of the most interesting things, and I'm curious as to whether it was in the script prior to casting or not, was um, Michael, um, he plays Jason QT McKnight. Um, He's branded as the cute one, but he had been battling cancer since the age of nine. He had been in remission a couple of times but ended up passing away in 2001, a year after um, this came out. But in the movie, they say he has a terminal illness. Mm -hmm. And so like, I I always wondered, like, did they, was that written in there or did they know about his condition? And he was cool with them, like riffing on that. Like, yeah, like, it was always really interesting to me because I remember us knowing that he was sick, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He, so when he passed away, it was sad, but it wasn't like a surprise because they brought it up multiple times as his character. Yeah. 
Exactly. I've always, I've always hoped that it was something that was something he was cool with having as part of the show. Yeah. I, you know, I hope so that too. He had a say in it. Yeah. And like, it seemed like, because he was the youngest and I think his mom was on set with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I just think that's probably why they didn't do more seasons. Plus, like, uh, parody and satire has to be, like, top-notch in order for you to maintain that audience. So Mm -hmm. it it wasn't shocking that those two factors, after the second season, they're like, okay, we've rode this train. Yeah. (laughs) And considering... Sorry, considering the fact that it did start as satire and it developed Mm -hmm. into something more, maybe in the end they said, well, it's still, we got, we got to know when to quit because the boy band era was starting to simmer down again anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because if you think about it, it feels like they were around for a long time, but it, it was essentially one year. Yeah. Yeah. And also the format of how, so really we have to thank the spice girls for for this because mm-hmm. here you have one of the biggest girl groups of all time they're making a movie and i think it'll be interesting when jackie and i do that movie on the podcast because i remember when i was younger and i watched it and i was like what the hell is happening is the this bus, real or fake the bus flying over the bridge and it's like, <laughs> yes. it looks very very fake on purpose <laughs> my favorite scene but it I feel now like then I thought it was stupid but now I think with adult humor to go back and realize how far ahead of the game they kind of were Mm -hmm. making that movie and I always think it's really really smart when these bands do make a movie because it's a amazing time capsule I I, I'm sad that Backstreet Boys and NSYNC did not do that Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. It's a treasure. It's a treasure that we have of that time period for the Spice Girls. And the same thing, why I think we gravitated so much to, to the, the Together movie was because we knew it was satire. It was fun. But they played so much into the boy band mania at the time. And so it does feel like a time capsule, even though it's not the particular bands we listen to. But the storylines were enough <laughs> for yeah. us to feel that again and I don't know when Josie and the Pussycats came out was it after before what year did they come I I think it was after and so it's like it's I feel like this was a precursor to the just how goofy and that's another movie that a lot of people didn't get yeah yes um and we can thank together for the Jonas Brothers and Big Time Rush their tv shows Mm-hmm. With, because they the Jonas Brothers were playing themselves with playing like a different uh, like a a different version of themselves and mm-hmm. I don't know if Big Time Rush was a band before they had their tv show but I feel like they were made into a band for the tv show and then toured so it's all you look at something like this as being so silly but it really was the rubric the blueprint for other things to come afterwards exactly mm-hmm. um I was starting to be in my mid twenties, by the time that start the Disney Jonas Brothers and all of those shows were coming out, so I wasn't paying attention. But from what I understand, weren't they? Didn't they have a show called like Camp Rock or something like that? So, the, and I'm an I'm glad you asked. I'm an expert. 
Um, I, one, I think I'm always going to be a 13 year old in my head, no matter what, if there's a, if there's a teen show, I'm gonna watch it. I don't care if I'm 60, I'm gonna vibe with it. But I also have younger siblings and huge age gaps. One of my sisters and I are 10 years apart. And then my other sister and I are 15 years apart. So wow. when my, <laughs> my sister who is 10 years apart, when, um, I would hang out with her all the time. And so I got to see that other end of Disney that I wasn't watching by myself anymore, mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus. And, and so Camp Rock was like a Disney channel movie. Okay. And so they did that one and this was, so Cheetah Girl started it, right? Okay. Because the Hillary Duff movie, the Lizzie McGuire movie was not a Disney Channel movie. So we're going to take that out of the equation, even though she was the blueprint on how the rest of them, like Raven. It's a Raven. That's yeah, a Raven. So Hillary crawled so Raven could run. So Miley, <laughs> no. So Raven could walk so Miley could run. Yeah. Essentially. Lie. There you go. <laughs> It's the climb, baby. (laughs) So the Cheetah Girls movie really started all of it, right? The Cheetah Girls movie just propelled the Disney Channel movies to a whole nother level of ratings. It was insane. Okay. And so when that happened, they greenlit High School Musical. And once those two movies did really well, they were like, people love the music in these movies let's Mm -hmm. do more and that's where we got camp rock with the jonas brothers plus demi lovato and so we got two of those movies and and then the jonas brothers got a tv show on top of it afterwards there you go there's a long way to give you some (laughs) disney channel history i'm happy with your knowledge (laughs) i feel like you just explained this to grandma here (laughs) that's okay I'm, i'm sitting over here like this again (laughs) (laughs) i don't ever talk about this time period no i mean you have brought up disney movies or disney channel movies recently yeah but i was talking about the disney channel movies that came out when we were in high school which Mm. were xenon yes yes yeah you're correct i just missed all the disney channel movies so it's not in my wheelhouse at all (laughs) (laughs) but i was always a disney channel kid like when we moved to Florida, that was it. Disney Channel and me all day. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club, Kids Incorporated, Alice in Wonderland, um, yeah. underneath the umbrella tree. That mm-hmm. was that was my life all day. <laughs> I just did an episode about the party. Did you guys listen <gasps> to the party? Of course. I was Please. so sad about um, is it Tiffany? Who passed Tiffany away? Tiffany Hale. Tiffany. Oh, that was so sad. Yes. Actually. Chase was just on the show and it was a fantastic, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks back. So it was a fantastic talking to him was just amazing. It was great. All I wanted was to be a kid on the Mickey Mouse club. I didn't want to act or sing, but I just wanted to be on the show and Mm. just obsessed. So I, I can't explain how obsessed I was with that show. And I, we were just talking about this one of the reasons I think I was an NSYNC fan was just the affinity and attachment to the Disney channel. Um, And everybody, 
that left. Like Carrie Russell, we are soulmates. I don't know if she knows it. I've tried to tell her multiple times because I've met her twice on the street in New York. She thinks I'm crazy, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Tony Luca and her were dating in real life. And then they did that show Malibu Shores. And that, that show had a lot of people in it and it got canceled. And I think sometimes in my brain, like what would have happened if Malibu Shores had lasted a little bit longer? We would have never gotten Felicity. Charisma Carpenter would have never been Cordelia on Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Tony Luca would have had a better career trajectory. Because the last um, time I saw Tony Luca, wasn't he on um, The Voice or something like he that? He was, but he just, yeah. there was a video that just, he just posted him and Chris Kirkpatrick were singing together. So I'm just like, okay, nice. we can move on. We can leave Justin in the past. We've got a new MMC here. Bring him on. He can, can he replace sing. Justin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm down great. with that. I miss JC. I but do. yeah, oh, it would be great. JC, party- was, JC oh, and Damon were my, were my Mickey Mouse Club guys. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> I think I have a type. jackie do you know the party who the party is no so like there's a there were i googled it though (laughs) there's the older group of the mickey mouse clubbers and like there was a subset of them that kept on doing songs together then they made themselves like a group and then they just they eventually left the show and they started just making their group and they were the coolest. They were like your cool older brothers and sisters just having their own band. And it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's how I viewed it. The songs were very good. I yeah. love the first, second albums. Like I had both and really enjoyed them. Yeah. They should have done better than they did. It's so weird because like I watched the new Mickey Mouse Club a lot. And like, I, I swear I have like face blindness because it, like Danielle, one of the, ver- like we had just become friends and she's like, we have this channel in South Florida called the box and it just played music videos. I knew we had the box on satellite here. Yeah. So she's like, turn it. Like she gets, I get this frantic phone call. We like it after school one day, she's like, turn it to the box right now. Turn it to the box. I'm like, okay, okay. So I turn it to the box. She's like, this girl was on the Mickey Mouse Club and it was Britney Spears' baby one more time. And she was so excited because she was like, on the Mickey Mouse Club. I was like, <laughs> okay, I believe you. This is how much the the love for Mickey Mouse Club <laughs> runs for me. Mm. When, when Carrie Russell got nominated for a Golden Globe and she won, which I, I was crying like I won. I was like, yes, oh. girl, we did it. <laughs> did it their success is your success it is yes so when she won i noticed that her date was alana from the mickey mouse club i was like they still ride or die together (laughs) i love it (laughs) but nobody knew what i was talking about no i'm sorry it's beautiful it's cool (laughs) to see them together again they just recently did some kind of a 90s con i think it was in florida and there was a bunch of people from the Mickey Mouse Club that were there that you will want to Google this, this 90s con that just happened like a couple months ago. Yeah, I did see pictures of them and and it was great. And mm-hmm. I, I I love it and stuff. But like now it's just like Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I 
my teenage life, I had a huge affinity for all of them. And I still love to Mm -hmm. see them all prosper. And I love to see videos of them, but I don't think I get as excited. It's just Carrie. It's just Carrie. It's just Carrie. Yeah. It's funny when you were when you were talking about Britney and watching that for the first time and being like, it's her for Mickey Mouse. You were watching history unfold. We all right? no idea. No idea. How, how big that was going to be. And I remember, so Jackie and I went to see NSYNC at the Broward County Fair, our local fair, and Britney opened for them. And I remember hearing someone have slander for her and say, who the fuck is that? And I was like, that's Britney, bitch. I didn't say bitch, but I was gonna say you started. I didn't start it, but I was like, that is Britney Spears. Hello. It's very interesting how Jessica Simpson, and I don't want to get all like woohoo about things, but it's it's just interesting how the everything kind of aligns because you know, Jessica went out for the Mickey Mouse Club and Mm -hmm. didn't make it. But mm-hmm. the fact that the three of those girls were still kind of orbiting each other and mm-hmm. just the many different, you know, Britney being in that band, which Britney was in a girl band for a girl group and eventually left and just said, you know, I'm going to go solo. But in that girl group was another Mickey Mouse Club um class member or whatever. So the year that Justin, Ryan Gosling, uh, Christina, Brittany, um, they all came in. There were two, there were three other castmates that did become as popular, obviously. And one of them was Nikki. And I was going to say, is it Nikki? Yes. And, and, and if you're listening, if you watch that show awkward on MTV, that's who she played the mom on that TV show. Um, so yeah, they were in a girl group together and then she went and became Brittany and did you know blew up but what I loved is that she did a um like a MTV did all these like behind the scenes and they did like a night with Britney where she was watching I think like the Oscars or something or the Grammys Mm -hmm. and she invited like her girlfriends which it really was just the members of that group and so you you could find footage of her just hanging on the couch and hanging out with Nikki and the rest of the girls and I was just like, oh. here's Nikki. <laughs> at this point in Brittany's life, I would hope that maybe she could reconnect with those girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, even then I, I have to imagine she was still so controlled and that was probably why those girls were the ones that were selected. I don't even know. Mm, true. You could know, be, when could you, be bad. Well, no, I don't even think it was bad. I just don't know how genuine the friendships were because yeah. she had such limited access to people. When you mm-hmm. saw any of her interviews at that time about like who her best friends were, it was she, her closest friend was her cousin. Mm-hmm. Ah. So she didn't really, outside of the industry, I don't know how many like really close friends that she Actual had. relationships she had. Yeah. Wow. Well, I did not know I was this much of a stalker. No, I, I love all this information you've shared today. It's been amazing. I know that we're going to be coming to an end with this episode right away. Um, I was thinking earlier when we were talking about her together opening for Brittany, I wonder how InSync felt about that or how Justin felt about that. Like, I wonder how did Backstreet and InSync feel about together? Does, yeah. Was anything ever said? I don't know. I'm, I'm imagining that they thought it was funny. 
I, I can't imagine them being really upset by that. They had their own yeah. beefs to deal with. They had to deal with Lou stealing their money and probably <laughs> being a Chester yeah. molester and all sorts of weird shit then. Well, and at least for Insing, Justin and Chris, they seem to have a really like good sense of humor about things like we just mm-hmm. did on the line on our podcast and they oh, make wow. cameos at the end where they're like playing um, the hairdresser and the makeup artist. And so it seemed like they could kind of make fun of themselves. And in that little end scene, like they're, they're portraying Lance as a diva and stuff. And so I, I think at least sync would, I would think would have the sense of humor for yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with the NSYNC. Backstreet, I think, I don't think they took themselves too seriously. Maybe Brian did. <laughs> Brian is toxic. And yes. you can, I don't care if people come try to drag me. Some of the things he's been doing lately is disheartening. Uh, the arguments the he got in with Nick in the past. And- and Kevin, well, Kevin's pretty pissed at him from mm-hmm. what I understand about mm-hmm. his current behavior and their cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leanne uh, hasn't made a good name for herself on social media either. Yeah. His wife is cuckoo yeah. for Cocoa Puffs. And I don't but, even, and I don't even follow them that much, but I know enough. Yeah. You hear enough. Yeah. You watch well, it on the be- news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're going to be playing here again in August. I, that was the last concert I saw in an arena before COVID was Backstreet. And they're coming oh, wow. back. And I still love them to death. I, I I was a Nick girl, which is weird because that doesn't go with my flow. It that doesn't. doesn't. Oh, you should have no. been an AJ fan. 100%. Or Kevin or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I liked Nick. Weird. I liked anyway. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. yeah the, he's got that tall, handsome thing going on. And the deep but, voice. Um, baby. but uh what was my point i can't even remember that Um, they were coming into town yeah but the last time they had bailey brian's son open for them how wait how old is his son i think he might be uh 20 19 or 20 by now oh my god where's time gone (laughs) oh my god so i (laughs) the the year that nsync opened um, did their like mini reunion when they were um, on stage with with Justin? Um, I I remember like okay when I get home I can watch this and I went to a Backstreet Boys concert and I just remember being at the concert and then I I don't know if I texted you Jackie or I told you this later did I text you? Or... I think you might have yeah. And I'm just like I was so excited the build up to going to the Backstreet Boys concert and when I was there I just felt disappointed and I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was like, "Jackie, I know what it is." Cuz you and I were in sync fans. And so this <laughs> whole time I'm watching this concert I'm like, "When are they going to play my songs?" <laughs> now, logically I know they don't sing in sync songs obviously, but I think that's what happened. I got so caught up in it was just like, boy band mania and yeah. <laughs> And they were, I was like, oh, wait, there's not going to be any NSYNC. <laughs> it just like hit me in the middle of the concert. And it made me really depressed oh. because I was never going to see NSYNC again. Live. Yeah. Ever. Oh, that's sad. It is. I wouldn't, you know what? 
I wouldn't say never. I mean, I'm not going to get any hopes up for this to happen, but think Justin could change his mind one day. Justin can suck a dick. I'm so <laughs> sick of him. I'm so Part sick opinions. of him. And yeah, I've never felt the same way since the Janet thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. 100%. No, Janet plus Brittany, that I, I'm done. Like, there's no apologies that could be made. And the only reason you're apologizing now is because you're being held accountable. Yeah. No, I, something, I feel like he was a good natured person, but I think fame got to him. And I also will never forgive that he pretty much ruined JC's potential to have his own solo career because of the Janet thing, like negatively hurt him. And also Mm. because he was doing a solo album. And so the, the, studio really screwed JC over because of Justin. So there's too many, there's too much red in his ledger for me to like move on. And I also don't want to see small dick energy. He does. 100%. And I don't, I don't want to see them at 60 years old when they can't do the bye, bye, bye routine. Like I don't want that. (laughs) You know, they're not the OJs. They're not the temptations. They're not going to pull that shit off it in 60, you know, at 60. I mean, we'll Lance can still do the, um, it's going to be me. Uh, we all know Lance was the weakest dancer. I said it. I always the best dancer on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. He, he's gotten way better. He must've been practicing. <laughs> JC's doing nothing but aging. We're not yeah, going to so. talk about, we're not going to talk about JC. We're not going to talk about him. <laughs> okay. There was a, that was another episode of Don't Nostalgia. Check it out. We talked about <laughs> JC. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> well ladies thank you so much it was so such a pleasure to meet both of you really sincerely i've had fun talking to you absolutely so. thank you. thanks for having us on it was a lot of fun talking about a boy band that really didn't exist up until a tv <laughs> movie <laughs> and if you don't know now you know yes exactly Trigonometry can never equal up to what you do to me. So let's integrate, don't differentiate. If you were in my class, there ain't no way I could pass. I hate English, Jim. And not to mention, I can't even afford to pay my attention. No philosophy could ever come between us, but we'll always have our calculus. No, my calculus, it says you plus me equals us. Yeah, calculus, it says you plus me equals us. Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Nostalgia Dope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.